Time will tell. Time will tell. That's about 50 seconds in. Yo. Who knows? Sweet. So, um, here we are. Back in the swing of things. Episode 85. We're back. Episode 85 of Three Brothers Talking. How about that? 15 to go to the big 100. The um, century mark. The one, the, the, the golden episode of the podcast. Maybe we already had that, but I'm not sure. Um... But uh, this is Three Brothers Talking, and uh, I'm David. I am Andrew. I am Jeremy. We are all back, back in the saddle again, although I have a, I have a new computer, so like, digitally for me, everything looks different, which is disorienting, and I'm trying really hard to, um, you know, to, to perform my best, um, and I hope I just I feel like I it's do been that. forever. Yeah. Yeah. We're knocking the rust off a little bit. It's been yeah. a, um, it's been you know busy, <laughs> <laughs> um, to say the least. Uh, we might talk about that more at another time. Um, one of the main reasons that this has been so long in coming is that um, we are planting a church. Um, Maranatha is our church is planting a church. They call it Three Brothers Church. Three Brothers Church. Have we not? Yeah, I was like, has that not Three not Brothers planting on a podcast yet? That sounds like a good. A good podcast subtopic. Three brothers planting. Sure. Three yeah. brothers planting would be a church planting network that we start. Yeah, you could do that next. <laughs> but we're I'm not. We're not there things. yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got to plant no, one we, first. I don't know the, that we've talked. Tree. I, I don't know that we've talked about this on the podcast yet. Really, um, I don't think so. So, um, yeah, our church, Maranatha Community Church in uh, Pickerington, Ohio, is planting a church this fall, and uh, it's going to be. In a, a neighboring area in um, the southeast side of uh, Columbus, um, or just outside southeast Columbus, I should say. And, yep. Um, I'm going to be uh, the lead pastor of that church plant, which is tons of fun. And exciting yeah. stuff. Hey, yeah. It's yeah. going to be awesome. Super stoked. And Andrew and I are just going to be there and just like hold up signs. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go with we're gonna go with him and and help. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, which we'll is super exciting for me, honestly. No, I was like, honestly, we're we are super excited. I know Kaylee's super excited, and Jeremy. I, I think I can speak for Jeremy and Faith. They're they're very excited. Dude, too. I already have a Jeremy tattoo. You can speak for me. Yeah. I already have a Maranatha Canal Point tattoo. <laughs> Canal Port. Canal yeah, Port yeah. tattoo. It's that's be been awesome. the. Uh, that's like, been I don't the think name that we're workshopping. Yeah. Canal Port. Yeah. So, so it bridges both. Uh, it was like for people that don't know that bridges two cities. Yeah. Or like I and guess now in Chester villages. And Groveport. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like yeah, a tale two of two towns. cities. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we are in a exploratory phase right now. Not, not really in the sense that like, we're definitely going to do this and we're, you know, closing in on it. Um, but we're exploring still uh, exactly where it's going to be. And yeah. um, that depends on what, location god makes available for us and also the needs that we have as we go to plant um yeah depending on the number of people and number of kids and um all those things god still has to work those out and he will and uh so in the meantime we are calling it this canal port um 
because it, it's a bummer because there's not really a there's not really like a term for that area right sometimes cities and like uh groups of cities they'll have like a district name or something right there there will there will be like the south side or this whatever um we don't those two cities towns really they don't there's not like a area name for it yeah so other well, than southeast it. It, was like, it was like they're both south of of columbus so yeah. like you got the south is know. fine yeah we'll go with that <laughs> might not be might not be perfectly south but uh that's fine for now yeah so anyway that means that kind of for the last few months ish um i've been sort of working two jobs for a little bit um that is not the case anymore um i've been moved over to the working at the church which has been a blessing already um but we've been busy so we're back in the swing of things now we're yes. uh, knocking the rust off and you know the pace that we were on at the beginning of this year you know it's slowed down a little bit <laughs> but i believe in us that we can pick this back up yep. we can march on to 100 and we will get there in 2022 i'm yes. going to make the promise put it out there on the airwaves so that we have to do it yeah. because well, i was like we, i think we've already done that so. <laughs> because we never uh yeah we've never made a promise on this podcast that we didn't pay off right we've yep. never done that yeah we're doing it that's all i was like we got what 15 more that would be 15 to go after this yeah yes 15 more easy there you go we're easy right there. peasy that's we're like in there. yeah yeah we're into summer now uh which is yeah it's always busy all of us have commitments and travel and stuff like that and the summer uh, is made for podcasting though let's yeah. be honest that's it's made for podcasting yeah yeah <laughs> Andrew basically doesn't have to work during the summer. Um, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's kind of my busy season, actually. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, I do right it from home. I do it from home, so it's not too bad. But yeah. Oh, he does it's... it from home. He's basically sipping my ties all day. Yeah, like I got I got taxes up on the side right now, so yeah. Taxes. All Andrew's day. taxing and and podcasting. Jeremy, mm -hmm. your work probably does get significantly busier now because people build stuff not during the winter. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, they build stuff all season long, but we have to more coordinate like our underground crew. But also, you have to figure out spring's rough because oh. you um underground have... crew. We have a site crew, man. We're one. Of... We keep our site crew. So some contractors will get a site crew, and they will unfortunately let them go when it's not season winter time. We always have kept ours, which is awesome because how you yeah. keep this is growing and training. But we keep good, doing things inside. Good marketing and stuff. plug here. Hey, I mean, I'll be honest. It's a great place to work. So if you're looking to be an electrician, yeah. I'll hook you up. Um, but you also no. have to move here. Well, I mean, Columbus yeah. is a great place. We have budding. We have great church plants, and um, we have a bunch we of got at least a few. <laughs> yeah. So if, got, if you're in logistics, if you're into church planting or logistics or Amazon, it's the place yeah. to be. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of I was Amazon like, we, we've got a we've got a we've got a church plant that might one day need electrical work at some point. Right. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we are doing some people that we know right now as church churches go. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, yeah, you could get a job. You can move here to come to the church plant. Either I one's can do fine. our drawings for our yeah. church plant. I can already there do. You it. Go. Look at that, the gifts of the right. body. There you go. But 
what we're going to talk about tonight, speaking of uh, speaking of churches and uh, the hope for the church plant, is that it would be healthy. I'm transitioning here to the topic because it is my job to have a topic yeah, uh, today. Dave's day. Yes. So if it stinks, don't blame me. Blame the fact that we haven't done this in a long time. Um, we are going to talk tonight about uh, an unofficial marks of a healthy church thing. So we are not, you know, we're not copyright nine marks. Um, we are not three marks. as official as them. We're not three marks. Um, we are not that either. Um, so we, um, but what I want to talk about is basically not necessarily marks of a healthy church, but things that a healthy church does, things that happen in a healthy church. And mm-hmm. we're going to, this can be as specific or as broad, probably, as comes to mind. So I'll, I'll kick things off just because uh, it was my idea. So um, I'll kick it off with this. The first thing that comes to my mind that actually I think I stole from Andrew on a podcast maybe years ago at this point. Andrew mentioned it once. Um, probably. Ab- <laughs> Andrew's the wisest um, of us all. You know it. Yeah. Andrew mentioned one time, talking about a church and about preaching, how preaching should actually seek to convict people. Um, mm-hmm. That that is one of the functions of preaching. And so I think when we talk about a church being healthy, that's one of the things that needs to be there. Um, if a church yeah. is going to be healthy, then there will actually be preaching that on purpose tries to convict the people of the church. What do you guys yeah. think? Well, I think, I mean, the first thought when you say that is like tries to convict, I think you need to, you need to just caveat just a bit of like preaching that preaches the entire word, uh, just as on its face, like you're not, you're not, uh, selectively picking topics and like, you're not shying away from anything that is unfriendly to possibly your, your body or anything like that. So that's. I would caveat as like it it just means that yes you're convicting but convicting purely based on the entirety of scripture and not like not like you're just up there at the pulpit like convicting of like uh stuff that might be happening in your you know in your own body for the particular time um so I would just caveat that but otherwise yeah I agree mm. Jeremy what do you think I mean, I think that's true. I think that also the caveat of... I forgot there are caveats out there that will throw some out. I so think many caveats. Throwing caveats <laughs> all day. Not caviar, caveats. But I digress. <laughs> um, so I think that it's... Murray's bouncing off what you had said, correct? Make sure we're on the same page with this whole thing. So I think that having teaching that sticks to the word and lets the word speak and lets the Holy Spirit do the convicting part of it... Um, but also, I was listening to something today from our good friends over at the Sound of Sanity podcast, too. Um, they are discussing how, with preaching, um, granted, I mean, I've done some preaching, and I'm not a, a professional, but um, I mean, I do my best, so we'll do that, and we prepare. <laughs> but, like, he says something that he Professional had, preacher. Something he was right. convicted on was not, they've always learned that they should not be, like, only on pulpit, pul- they call it pulpiteers. But um, 
their only like their job is basically shepherds first and preaching is part of that um which is a tool especially when you are that's not your only role like if you have multiple things to do yeah. that's what you can do but also like taking the time to make sure you're working through your sermon so you have something that we think will stick like when you're working on your summary yeah. like a summary that summarizes the scripture well that is easy enough to remember um and doing your best to make that happen but all the whilst and they're saying having the freedom to say the text says what it says um like yeah. what like my thing is lately is like what's the bible say and what are you doing to obey it um which is super simple but like if you preach from that like what is the bible saying i have it written right here what is the bible saying what why is it here why is the writer saying it this way and what is surprising about it which i took from alistair Begg. um and just like that's what you do when you preach you just do these things you pray yourself empty pray over these things and you just preach that and then let your personality shine through that um because god's gifted you with that personality for a reason okay well hmm. i think i think too what jeremy just hit on too was uh like what i want to i don't want to gloss over is like once you if you if you have preaching that is um based in the word and aiming to convict then you also cannot neglect as a pastor or as your your duty to shepherd alongside of that yeah. and so like you cannot simply like n- none of us would would advocate a healthy church where you are just straight convicting from the pulpit but then not actively shepherding the flock uh, mm-hmm. Throughout the week and throughout, you know, making sure that that uh, the people that you have impacted and you are charged with leading um, are actually following through with with the care and the shepherd that they need in, in that aspect as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Like it's when you talk about when I put that out as a mark of a healthy church, um it it doesn't exist by itself. And mm-hmm. also convicting when I say preaching that seeks to convict, it's not that's not that it's the only goal. But mm-hmm. what I do think is the case is that in the American church and the church that many of us grew up in or um just kind of are used to, that's the goal of preaching that seems to be forgotten about. Um it is easy and popular to write sermons and preaching that is aimed at encouragement and and even correction without conviction. So the distinction I make there is like conviction. When I say that, I mean like the gospel, the, the, the exact truth of God's word um, convicts us on a level that human teaching does not. Um, Mm -hmm. God's word comes with God's authority. So if you preach it, if you preach the whole Bible like it's authoritative, yeah, yeah, then you there will be times when you do need to be honest with the people that you're shepherding and say this is you know this is a correction from the Bible. Um, we yeah. have to take it um, because that well, it's not that that's the only task in your preaching because your preaching should be encouraging, comforting, should be presenting the gospel truth both in its challenge that people need to repent and obey it but also in the comforts that come from the gospel. But I do think that one of the things that we forget is that we do actually, it's not a, it's not a mistake when the Bible convicts us. It's not a mistake. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. And then going back, so I was reading uh, a few things from Sproul last week, prepping for a few things. 
Yeah, so whenever I'm preaching a sermon, I'm first thing is am I applying to this to my life? Does this actually applicable to me? Because if you don't preach it to yourself first and make it applicable, it won't go anywhere. So last week I was preaching on evangelism, and I said that thought, do I do this on a daily basis, or why don't I do this on a daily basis? Um, and then so the first part is like the if and then if you're gonna do this, then you'll do that. Um, and this is obviously short, but it's convicting to me. And they say, well, why don't I evangelize if I know these things are true? And then what is convicting to even me preparing to preach, why don't I speak about these unspeakable gifts that I've been given? Um, have I just become so callous? Um, and and then my thought, like, I was convicted by that, and I, I'm still working, honestly, to a degree, working through that and saying, okay, how do we make this applicable to my life? Um, but, and then with points of application and talking through it, then hoping that your congregation understands it I'm being convicted by this, and we should all be convicted by this because none of none of us do it perfectly, um, or or wholeheartedly, as we should. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I I think that's just something that has to happen to us from the word, because one of the things that one of the things that I think I see happen in um, our culture a lot is that really comfortable Christianity where people you don't see any fruit, right? Like year by year or whatever, you don't see a lot of fruit happening. And I think one of the reasons for that is that we don't, we don't teach about sin as a reality that we have to deal with. We don't teach about yeah. um, God's yeah. law as something that's there to correct us and train us in righteousness. And it's so weird because we talk and it, about... And it's been, it's, it's been so clear in the culture today to just keep church as like, yeah, we know the truths, but yet we can keep church on the side and still mm. be in the world over here. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah I, I think that what happens is we talk about like wanting people to believe the gospel and accept Jesus. But the reason that we like, the reason that that's important is because of sin. The, that's the reason that we need Jesus is because of sin. Um, and so we shouldn't when when we're looking at it as a church we shouldn't be afraid of calling sin sin from from the pulpit from preaching um because we as christians um that's what we're being saved from mm -hmm. and so if it does touch us if it does convict us if it does challenge us um that's good for us it's not it's not bad for us now all of this you know another caveat just to maybe even beat a dead horse at this point, we're not. I'm not saying that the goal, the sole goal of the preacher, again, is to browbeat everybody, right? This yeah. is not about coming up with your list of things that you want your church to be convicted about. So you just preach it down their throats all the time. There's no grace. It's just law. Um, godly conviction. I think I don't know what verse it is, but I think of the verse that talks about. Um, conviction from the spirit and how it doesn't condemn us right um it doesn't condemn us but it changes us and it grows us and so um i want to say that's i'm thinking of a verse in first john but i could be wrong um so the difference is like biblical gospel conviction in your preaching is not simply making you feel bad um it's yeah. taking the word letting the word speak in its authority and letting it challenge us when it needs to challenge us. You know, 
letting it do that instead of instead of just avoiding those passages or explaining yeah. them away or kind of playing uh you know just playing it easy so that it doesn't really land sometimes think, it needs to land on us you know yeah and i think too like your your point of like okay we're we're not saying just to browbeat here uh but like i think like i think the american uh christian church uh just the the stereotype that we we built up in america as of right now uh is is far from that and because when you talk about preaching there is a whole lot in the bible that can just be straight encouragement and can just be straight you know like if you're gonna pick and jump from from different scriptures and passages and as you go through like your week to week calendar through the year um if you're picking you know just just purely like topical type you know discussions like that you can you can much easier fall into that that trap uh, of not you know preaching through the entirety of the world that does convict mm. and that's where yeah. i think you know we're we're in that we're in that area now with a you know a lot of churches um that just get into a comfortable calendar of like you know you got your holidays and stuff that you you preach things around and mm-hmm. you you got your you know your different uh your different Sundays where you do special caveats uh, of stuff. And that can often lead to very light hearted and very, you know, easy, easy to take messages for your congregation to just go and then go about their lives. And like, they take it in stride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and this is something that I do feel like I'm still learning how to balance in my own preaching. Like I don't think it's um fully formed, but you just it's, you have to be okay with what the verses that you're preaching be okay with what they say. <laughs> um yeah. Be okay with like not every Sunday then if like if you're going to take a book of the Bible and just preach it straight through. Like yeah. you have to be okay with that. Not every single Sunday might turn out to be this, you know, warm feelings, grand, grandiose, <laughs> warm feelings that wraps up for your congregation. Yeah. Um, and that's where I think a lot of people get in trouble is like, well, okay, how do we tie, like, how do we take something and tie it back to something else? Or how do we just, uh, make it get easier? It back? Yeah. Well, and I think so. this, this, the re- one of the reasons this is healthy for the whole church is because it um i think that what it what it does is it keeps us from being um people that are um if we don't get corrected often we talked about this on the Mark Driscoll um uh Ed Litton episode i forget what the number that was but um if we don't get corrected enough we just get hardened in our sins like mm-hmm. we it is you know hebrews 13 right he i think 1335 um could be wrong but i think that's it you know like don't be deceived and let everyone exhort one another so none of you is hardened in the deceitfulness of sin so what what preaching with of the actual authority of the the scriptures does is it does it does like attack us often because we are not perfect and <laughs> we need to receive mm-hmm. that truth um because if we don't then 
we just begin to think there's nothing about us that is imperfect. Um, there is nothing about us that needs to be corrected, you know? And so then we just subtly and slowly, I think, begin to think of ourselves as God where, Mm -hmm. where then, you know, eventually it's, well, God doesn't get to tell me to do this or to do that. Or, um, he doesn't get to talk about, I don't know. I'm thinking of like touchy subjects for us. Like he doesn't get to tell me about gender roles. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, he doesn't get to tell me about, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something else that's touchy. He doesn't get to tell me about the doctrines of grace. Right. And if I was, um, brought in, um, irresistibly or not, um, not to say that all these things come back to this one root issue, but basically what I'm trying to say is this mark keeps the Bible in view as authoritative over you and the whole church. So yeah. then you get in the habit of accepting what the Bible says. Yeah. What it, whatever it mm-hmm. says, whether it's comforting you, challenging you, whether it's truth is intuitive to you or it's, or it's not, um, you get in the habit of saying, whatever the Bible says, it's my duty because it's from God to receive it. Yeah. yeah. And that's what, so that I took that, what is, um, Doug Wilson was talking about his dad, or Nate Wilson was talking about his grandpa, Jim Wilson, who passed away. And he goes, what he always taught the young kids for in their practical Christian living class at Logos was, what does the Bible say and what are you doing to obey it? And they'd be like, well, okay, so the, like his example is prayer without ceasing. And the kid's like, well, we can't pray without ceasing. We can't really do that. So we still don't have an attitude of prayer all day. And he goes, no, what does the Bible say? Is was it saying? So what are you doing to obey that? Like, are you actually setting, actually setting time to pray, or are you saying, "Well, I have an attitude of prayer," and he goes, "No." What does the Bible say? What are you doing to obey it? And that's a convicting mm-hmm. question, and it's and quite honestly a super, super simple question that we skirt around because it makes us super uncomfortable when, because we don't want to hmm. actually get down to the nitty gritty of what it says, and then what are we actively doing to obey and being faithful to what the text says to us. Yeah. No, that's pretty. That one's been that's pretty to good me all week. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just getting back to uh, believing that God is, God has every right to, to convict us. Not the pastor, yeah. right? It's not that the preacher, yeah. um, has the right to convict us. Um, it's that the word has the right to convict us, and so. Um, if if that pastor is doing a faithful job representing that word, then it's going to hit us. Yeah, I was like, it comes down to the authority of Scripture and the completeness of Scripture to speak into how we should live our lives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This can well, and this could go really wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it could go really wrong, and it could become about the preacher and his ability to convict, or it could really just be wrapped up in his authority. Um, instead yeah. of instead of the word. Um, and that's what mm-hmm. you have to fight against. Um, whether you are a part of a church or you're the one preaching, you need to be, that's something that should weigh heavily on us is say that we're trying to apply something as a command from scripture in a sermon. Um, mm-hmm. It should land, it sh- we should not do that lightly because if you're, you know, if you're up there saying this is God's word, do this. Um, that shouldn't be a sentence that's like 
easy for you to write just because you feel like saying something. You need to be sure. Yeah. You need to be sure you're giving a a true God, you know, like from God command to the people. Because otherwise mm-hmm. you're binding their conscience to something that God is not binding their conscience to. And as the London Baptist Confession says, God alone is Lord of the conscience. So we do not do that. Um, we try really hard not to do that. So that's the other side of this is um, you should seek, you should maybe not seek to convict isn't the right word, but you shouldn't be afraid of that. And um, you should um, not be afraid of it when it shows up in the text. You should trust the spirit to work what he needs to work in the people. Yeah. Mm. Well, do you want me? I don't. Do I don't know. To do another one. I'm. I'm thinking that this might be a two-parter, um, or maybe <laughs> a maybe know. a we'll three. We'll see how quick the next ones go, and we'll go from there. Okay. All right, Andrew, give us one. Do you want me? Do you want me to do you one? All yeah. Right. Uh, so what comes to mind? Uh, what popped out to me to to share here was just uh, the the mark of a healthy church. Um, I would say would just be um, the an, an active body that prays. Uh, and by that, I mean an active body that's praying for one another um, and has a right view of prayer. Um, I think like like we've talked about with with the preaching, you also can have uh, an Americanized Christian church right now that um, just like when you go through your your church gathering um, on a, on a typical week, you could you could have prayer sprinkled in um, from time to time. You could have prayer for the offering. You could have prayer for um, you know whatever else. But then, uh, does your body walk out of those doors on a Sunday? And are they involved in each other's lives and? Uh, is your pastor involved, as we talked about, the shepherding aspect uh, for his congregation? Um, and are burdens being shared? And do does your congregation, my thought is like, does your congregation actually believe in the power of prayer that Scripture tells us? Um, and, you know, we have all these commands throughout Scripture of to pray without ceasing and to cast your burdens on one another. Um and so that's what we really love. I mean, I know um, just what what is so special, I think, uh, one aspect to, to Maranatha and our church is is that we are so active as a community and involved in each other's lives so that we know, like we try to stay in tune with what's happening so that what's happening in my brother's life um, across the aisle, I'm aware of and I am I am going to bat before him. Um, and that, that I think is a sign of a healthy church for sure. in the fact that, um, sometimes a lot of Americanized churches can just take prayer so cheaply, um, in the power that it really holds. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I think that's, I I think that's, um, really spot on. Like, I think that you made me think of verse, a verse in James, James five, um, when it says to confess yeah. our sins to one another and pray for one another that we would be healed. Um, that's a command that's that's given to us as the church, that we are supposed to be praying for one another. Um, yeah. And how you talked about going to bat for them, I think that this, 
this idea of like really interceding for someone else. I think that it really crystallized in my mind after Haddon was born um, because he like can't pray, right? He is, yeah. uh, he was a month old or something, right? And I found myself doing what you do when you have nothing else to do, which is just pray. You know, like he was, he got a fever pretty early on in his life. Um, so you pray for that. But even just, man, just becoming a parent for the first time, like you pray, mm -hmm. you should be. Um, if not, yeah. if not, you're really self-confident. <laughs> you're more confident than yeah. me. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, I found myself praying a lot when I became yeah. a parent. Um, because there was a lot of time, anything from sleep to feeding to fevers to just daily life that it was like, wow, this is a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And I have this, yeah. I have this human being, this baby that can't pray for themselves. And so I must consider it my job to pray for him. Yeah. And I think that sort of vigilance that, that I, that God put there um, needs to be present for us, for our, fellow church members. Um, yeah. It is our job to pray for them. It's our actual mm -hmm. duty um, to do that. And it's not just one that, it's not just one that God gives to us because he wants to, um, but it's actually yeah. something that matters is what we have to remember about prayer. Like prayer actually matters. It's actually accomplishing things. It's actually how God has ordained um, so much of his work in this world through prayer. And so it's not just a fun little bonding experience, right? Yeah. It's, it's actual warfare and battle, and um, that shouldn't be neglected by us. Yeah. And, like, it, I think, it, it, I think you, too, it's... Go ahead, Jeremy. Well, I was going to... The only thing I was going to say is that I was going to touch on David's comment about warfare and something that we don't necessarily think about the cosmic, the cosmic forces of age or anything like that um, that our prayers actually are are and our prayers aren't actually just bouncing off the ceiling i think we know that but we often have days where it feels like we're just flippantly doing things um like this is what i'm supposed to do today whereas do i actually mm -hmm. sit there and think it's midnight i can't sleep i'm gonna sit there and pray for my kids um or or my wife or a co-worker um fill in the blank that i'm actually actively doing something um, that I'm actively being obedient in a moment where I'm called to be obedient. Um, mm -hmm. Those kind of things. And not just a passing the time um, or flippant acti activity that means nothing. Um, each prayer mm -hmm. has eternal ramifications. And, um, and unfortunately, mm -hmm. you don't always think about that. Um, having a church yeah. that talks about that and, and calls people to do that, both together and individually um and expects you to be doing that um yeah. like with the plant like yeah. expecting us to be praying expecting other people to be plant, praying for our body and churches we're going to partner with um, to help mm -hmm. them and build something here in columbus together we can't do that without prayer um mm -hmm. yeah because that's us putting on our armor and going to war every day um and all too often yeah i know i don't I know we don't do that as we should. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I love what you said there. You just said, uh, I think you said each prayer has eternal significance. Um, yeah. 
I mean, that's the that's like the belief that we have to have that we don't often have. That's that's what mm-hmm. enables us to pray really half-hearted prayers, um, which sometimes yeah. all we have time for. Sometimes all we yeah. have time for sometimes the mental space for is a half-hearted prayer. Um, yeah, and that's fine. But but there should be the reality of prayer being eternally significant should make us not always be half-hearted. <laughs> Sometimes we will yeah. be, but we shouldn't always be that. And do you know, like, I was like, it's sort of a, what I think of like, it's sort of a, a heart check for yourself too, of like, uh, taking a pulse of the community you've built up in your church body and your church body. And like, do, do you strive to like, are you burdened by each other? And like, are you, are you going alongside and really living life alongside your other church members um or are you isolated and you can just come and grow you can come and go and um i just think like that that's a way you can measure yourself uh too and like how you're viewing your prayer life because i know we take it you know like we we go through community groups at maranatha and like you know it's kind of an expectation that that every week we're we're sharing prayer requests and we are you know we are communicating like i know we're all texting and all that throughout the weeks of what's going on in our lives um just so we know that like when we're out in the world and when we're going between our sunday you know services together that like we're still you know we're still called to be involved and we're still you know called to to pray without ceasing that a lot of times like you know i think just church as a whole like we we can either look at prayer as like something we do you know when our head hits the pillow at the end of the day and before we go to sleep and we just you know rattle off uh some things and and that's it um and not something where like we're walking throughout our day and it truly is uh daily going to bat for those that that we can and are called to intercede on behalf of uh, with our family, with our church body, with our friends uh, who do not know the Lord, um, all those aspects. Yeah, I, I love how you put it when you said, um, like, basically, we will pray for people when we're burdened by what they're burdened in. Like, yeah. And in, in the reality is we will not find the motivation to pray for our fellow church member if in all honesty, mm-hmm. we just don't care that much what they're struggling with. Um, yeah. It's it's easy to do that. Um, the two things that, that's one of the things that keep us from prayer is that we don't actually feel that burden like we're supposed to um, yeah. for, our, for our fellow uh, Christians. Uh, just like the other side of the coin is we don't pray because we just don't think we need help. Um, yeah. We either, we either don't see the need that we ought to see or we just uh, don't feel the need that we ought to feel, and yeah, yeah, that that's um, I think a perfect way of thinking about it. That mm-hmm. the prayer for one another, real, honest, dedicated prayer, is a measure of how well your church body suffer. Right, puts First Corinthians twelve into practice. You know, when one member yeah. suffers, we all suffer. And when yeah. one rejoices, we all rejoice. Mm-hmm. Goats, my goats. 
I think that we had some real momentum that just uh, derailed right there. I think that's what happened. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say the good thing, the mark of a good church is a sense of humor, but, um, you know. Nope. No. Nope. I disagree. I think, oh, <laughs> come on, man. Um, I think we did, I think we did all right. Yeah. 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 I think we did all right. That's actually Andrew's job to say it. Sorry. Yeah. Right yeah I think it was pretty good. Fair enough. Um, you guys got any uh, recommendations? Maybe we'll uh, revisit this topic another time. So, yeah. <laughs> but for now, we'll keep. Uh, we're running low on time, so we'll keep the other thoughts we have to ourselves. <laughs> My only uh, reco re- is um, the House of Tom Bombadil is a good book, but Sierra Wiley read it. There you go. Quick. Um, I have not read it. Um, I just in that same vein. I just finished rereading The Hobbit. Um, it's good, like it was before. Uh, so, they, <laughs> just like it was the last time it was read by me. So, there you go. That would be my recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Is Andrew going to have got, one? I don't got much except that uh, Kaylee and I, separate topic, Kaylee and I got a date night in uh, for the first time in quite a while last week. Um, and it's been something that we have neglected for probably quite a while, um, in just the throes of life. So I would say for all you husbands and wives out there to make every attempt to continue to date your wife and like, uh, whether you add kids to the household and all that, like the busyness gets away. So like make a priority to carve out time with just you and her and whether that's getting out of the house or, um, just getting back to you know when you guys were uh just on your own yeah um, i think that was that was really that was really cool sweet yeah that's so i'm trying i guess i'll take trying. my white off thursday for our yeah. anniversary then that's right yes. jeremy fifth year jeremy fifth anniversary, jeremy faith yeah. faith year. told me to drop that actually as a record i already <laughs> okay guys i already have it all worked out so she doesn't know where we're going at all. You oh, man. Just said be you ready could for drop dinner. it on the podcast. And I already got her a present yeah. that then. wasn't even... It's, no. it's not going to come out before gonna, then, so... Yeah. I know. It's not going to... The only thing I'll say is happy anniversary, Faith. Happy five years. Love you. I'll say. And there you go. Okay. dinner. All right. Oh, there so he's taking her to dinner. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to eat food. <laughs> I mean... We got to yeah. eat. We got to yeah. eat. We got to eat. I mean, Culver's is... I mean, what? No, but not just not Mac. just like for yeah. anniversaries, like to regularly make sure you have time for that. That's true. And if too. you don't and if you can't carve out time if you cannot get the kids watched or something like that, then just get the kids to bed and spend Yeah. You know, spend yeah. spend thirty, forty minutes eating a dessert that you like and talking. Right? Like it doesn't yeah. have to be no phones. Extravagant. Yeah, put the phones aside and talk. So yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, we'll be out and uh, we'll get a report about Jeremy's uh, big anniversary oh, date. I'm sure your wives will get a full next report. time. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> sure. We'll see, <laughs> how, we'll see how we did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jeremy's taking her to podcast. McDonald's. He's going to take her to McDonald's hey, and then he's going to take her to She can have anything on the dollar menu she wants. Hey. Right. She likes dinosaurs. And I like dinosaurs. And we watch a Bigfoot documentary. It's going to be an awesome night. <laughs> I, yeah, I heard I heard Jurassic World wasn't very good. Big Max, I heard that too. Big Max and Bigfoot. That's the fifth year. Big Max, Bigfoot, Big Days. 
There you go. That's my <laughs> mottos. All right. Well, uh, on that note, we're definitely done. And uh, we will see you guys for episode 86 uh, next time. Yes. Woo.